Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. And for this week only, get a 110% sign-on bonus. 110% of your initial deposit by using code NEXTROUND. That's MyBookie.ag, code NEXTROUND. All right, so Andy loves good food on three sports at Andy underscore Staples on Twitter is uh, where you follow him. So Andy, Lance's girlfriend... Uh, cooked mm-hmm. Thanksgiving and uh, Thanksgiving in February last night. Yeah, we did a uh, Thanksgiving in February. Why not? And she made Dunaway and I turkey and cranberry sandwiches oh. for lunch. It's fa- and dressing. There's yeah, dressing. So it's, it's, I, I love Thanksgiving dinner on a sandwich. There's oh. actually a place in Orlando uh, called Pom Pom Sandwicheria that does a great Thanksgiving dinner on a sandwich where you got the the turkey, the cranberry sauce, the mashed potatoes. Which sounds weird on a sandwich, but nope. it is amazing. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is uh, this has got the dressing, which it's kind of a California oh. dressing, but it's got the uh-huh. ocean spray cranberry straight out of the can, diced up. Oh yes, and then a lot of Duke's mayo on it. Mm. Well, that that just ruins it. But if you take that <laughs> off and put some gravy on it, it would be spectacular. Yes, sir. California dressing, so I've got to pay taxes on this. Uh, I don't know what all... There's cranberries in the California dressing, oh, okay. though. It's really good. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So good. <laughs> Look at Andy's reaction. He didn't know California dressing. Well, I'm thinking about it because we do eat the cranberry sauce with the dressing at right. Thanksgiving. Yeah. So putting cranberries in it is not exactly sacrilegious. No. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's different. It's it's more of the dried cranberry that goes in that. And then there's just something about the ocean spray can that I think it's a polarizing thing. Either people love it or they hate it. It's the sound, the glop, yep. glop, glop, glop. Yep, but they it's just good. just cut slices of it. <laughs> all right, let's talk some college football, Danny. First of all, uh, before we get into some of the coaching moves, you were just uh, down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Um, and I, I I saw that, and you never know, but I saw that Lad McConkey actually the Georgia receiver was a guy that might have had one of the best weeks of all, and and helped his draft stat, uh, status. Just give us maybe your overall um, observations of what you saw there at the Senior Bowl. Well, is a healthy Lad McConkey cooking people a surprising thing? I guess not. I mean, we saw it for a long time in the SEC, so I don't I don't think that's a big surprise at all. He was, and he was really good. Um, you know, th- there were some people that that really just kind of came as advertised. I think uh, Tyler Guyton, the tackle from Oklahoma, is a guy you're going to hear a ton about. Potential first round pick. He's just got every trait that those guys want. I would Tavondre Sweat, the D tackle from Texas, one of my favorite players all year, and he just, I mean, looked exactly like you wanted him to look. And he was just mauling. I I watched him basically commit a homicide in a one on one pass pro drill the other day, and it was uh, it was spectacular. It, uh, Michael Penix Jr. looked really good. That was He's one that, that did need to help himself because it's not so much that it's his tape from the last year. Everybody loves his tape from the last two years. He's got so many medical issues because of what happened in Indiana where he had three consecutive season-ending injuries. He's got to overcome that. And when you throw the ball the, ball the way he did, I think that helps him. I also think Bo Nix helped himself a little bit. Uh, one name I'll give you guys that you're going to hear a little bit over the next few months and, and keep an eye on him. Dylan Lauby, running back from New Hampshire. Uh-oh. He is spectacular. He's really fast. He's 5'9", 210. So he's a, he's a sturdily built guy. Really fast and great at catching the ball out of the backfield. Or you could just motion him into the slot or even out wide. 
and he is he's awesome. Like there's a there was a play the other day where Bo Nix hit him on a fade coming off the hash that was tremendous, and he just cooked the cornerback. If I ask you though, who comes off the board first, Lad McConkey or Michael Penix Jr.? It's kind of hard to believe where McConkey was a couple of years ago and Michael Penix, the runner-up to win the Heisman this year and this, the magnificent, magnificent year that he had. But I really don't see McConkey out of the top five as far as receivers taken in this draft. Oh, I, th- I agree with you on that. I just, the question is, is where, how, how many teams are so quarterback needy that they jump on somebody early? And I, I've seen, like, everybody's, there's going to be six first-round quarterbacks. We always say that now. And then you get to the draft, and there's three, like we thought originally there was going to be. And then somebody like Will Levis goes in the second round. or So So I do think you're going to see probably some of these quarterbacks not be as taken as high as everybody thinks. Like, I would think Caleb Williams will go first, and then it'll be Jaden Daniels and Drake May. And then there might be some separation between those guys and, and the next one picked, and it might be until the second round before you see another one picked. Um, I'm interested away from uh, the upcoming draft, but current college coaching situation. Obviously, Alabama fans have taken taken uh, some shots here since Nick Saban's retirement. Now, Kalen DeBoer, who's down in Mobile, news breaks that maybe the Seahawks and Ryan Grubb could end up yep. pairing up. How, what, where should the concern level be if you're an Alabama fan on Ryan Grubb if he does leave and go to Seattle? Hi. It should be high. And well, it should be high if he leaves. It should be high that he might leave. Because it sounds like Mike McDonald would like to hire him in Seattle. So uh, that's, yeah, I mean, Mike uh, Ryan Grubb is very important to what Kalen DeBoer does. Now, they haven't always been together. There have been times when they've been, they've been apart. But Ryan Grubb is an excellent play caller. He makes it very easy for Kalen DeBoer to administrate. And that would put DeBoer in a situation where he's got he's to hire a play caller. And that makes it. Pretty interesting that that makes it a much tougher situation than it would have been. It's sort of like, you know, Sharon Moore taking over at Michigan. You're like, as long as they keep the strength coach, they're going to be fine. And then the strength coach leaves. (laughs) (laughs) You, 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 Andy Staples is with us and uh, you can follow Andy on Twitter at Andy underscore Staples Uh, on three sports is where you get uh, all that he does there. Uh, go uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel. Give him a thumbs up. Same thing we ask uh, you to do for us. Thumbs up and subscribe. Set your alerts. Um, and he's on the JohnstonRVCenter.com hotline. Five alarm situation for coaches like Jeff Halfley leaving to go to the NFL, Chip Kelly perhaps leaving to go to a coordinator spot, or too much being made about this. I guess the answer could also be somewhere in the middle. What 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 is your feel when we start seeing sitting head coaches leaving for coordinator positions in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, they don't like the job right now. It's hard. You got to re recruit your roster constantly. That's going to last a few years until the people in charge of college football figure out that they need to collectively bargain with the players and, ha- and then make some rules that, that won't get taken to court. Like, they're going to figure that out. I promise they're going to figure that out. So it won't always be like this. But yeah, the, there are some older coaches or coaches who, who, can, who can do this and make this move who don't want to work like that. And that's fine. Guess what? At every major program, there's a hundred people in the building. They all want to be a coach on the field. I don't think there's going to be a problem finding people to take these very high-paying jobs. You okay? 
But if if this were college basketball that the NCAA makes money on, would they have already broken their back to fix this? Is there is part of the reason, Andy, they don't fix it because they don't make the championship money off football, so it's less important to them? No, no. It, the schools make the rules. It's not the people in Indianapolis make making it. Well, they have been making and interpreting the rules in, yeah. in this particular case with the NIL, but the schools can change it whenever they want to. If the schools that make most of the money, the SEC schools, the Big Ten schools, ACC schools, Big 12 schools, if they want to do something different, they can do something different. It's up to them to decide they want to. Now, look, next year things change, 12-team playoffs, so this is easier. But if I Mm -hmm. ask you what happens first, uh, Michigan back to a college football playoff with Sharon Moore or Clemson Mm -hmm. back to a college football playoff? So Clemson with a good year, can get there next year. But you only have to finish third or fourth in the Big Ten to get there. Yeah. So that's a tough one. I'm going to go Sharon Moore gets there sooner. Yeah, what do you think about this this Michigan roster, though? It did seem like it was a, I don't want to call it a slow build, but Horball built everything for this one moment in time this past year. It was a really old roster, and and there were a lot of guys who came back for another run. And, and I like some of our guys who covered Michigan said that they thought if Michigan hadn't lost to TCU, let's say Michigan beats TCU in the Fiesta Bowl and goes and loses to Georgia in the national championship game, that a lot of those guys would have just gone pro because they would have won a playoff game, you know, felt like they gave it their best shot, and and that would have been that. But because they had such a sour taste, and you know, there was some NIL money being kicked in. They were like, let's, we, we like playing with each other. We're really good. Let's run it back. I think you're actually seeing that at Ohio State this year. You look at Ohio State's defense and the guys who could have been kind of mid round to maybe early round draft picks who came back. That's what this looks like. So they'll be the super old team in the Big Ten this year, like Michigan was. Now, I will say Michigan still has some pretty top level talent. That that's still there, like Kenneth Grant, the D tackle, and, and and Mason Graham, another D tackle. That's probably the best tandem of interior defensive linemen in the whole country. So it's not like Michigan is bereft of talent now. They're going to be okay, and they're also going to be pretty big time shoppers in the transfer portal come spring. Because remember, that's what they've done the last two years, where they very strategically grabbed out of the portal to get guys who fit exactly what they need and. I would bet they're going to do that again. Um, I see where the collectives are having their first ever convention. It seems like they should do that like at the U.S. Army All-Star Game or the Under Armour All-Star Game and just make their jobs <laughs> a lot easier. One-stop shopping. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But the, but the Tennessee situation, uh, it obviously gets a lot of headlines down here because of the history. Uh, big deal, not a big deal. Would anything impact Tennessee on the field from yeah, this? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a court hearing probably next week where they say that the rules against NIL – to recruits are illegal. And there will be no rules after that. Like, it's a huge deal. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the case everybody's been waiting for. So uh, now that is one thing. That's the, the Tennessee Attorney General and the Virginia Attorney General filed that lawsuit against the NCAA. And I wouldn't be shocked if other states join in or maybe the Justice Department because that's what happened with the lawsuit against the transfer rules a month ago. And so you had seven states in the Justice Department in that one. Tennessee itself... They're trying to say, well, we didn't break any rules. The NCAA is saying, no, you had boosters trying to convince Nico Yamamela to go to Tennessee. But the problem is, 
And this is where the NCAA screwed up. And remember, they're not just going after Tennessee. They're looking at Florida. They already had a case with Florida State. They sent letters out to double-digit schools last week about this stuff. They're going after the schools that make all the money. All of them now do everything the same way. Like that Nico thing was was novel when it happened. Everybody's copied that blueprint. If you sign college football, like major college football or major college basketball players right now, you do it this way, which would be in violation according to the NCAA. So if they're going to attack all their money makers, I we don't have to guess who's going to win in this one. It won't be the NCAA. <laughs> it's, uh, the moneymaker is a heavy favorite is uh, what Andy is saying there. Go follow Andy on Twitter at Andy underscore Staples and uh, watch him on YouTube on 3 Sports. Like all his stuff. Set your alerts. Subscribe on 3.com uh, for all the info there. Andy, thank you very much for the time. Always good talking with you. All right. See you guys. All right, buddy. Take care. Andy Staples with us on the Johnston RVCenter.com hotline.